Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. All right, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Exodus in chapter 23. And we're going to look at God's Word today on what confuses, I don't ever think I've ever actually spoke on this, but what confuses your enemy? What confuses your enemy? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. Lord, as Ben has led us in worship, Lord, it prepares our heart for the message, and Lord, it even prepares us as we praise you, and Lord, you have us focus in the spirit as we worship you. And Lord, we worship you today through your word, and now as we start this week out, another week On the first day, this resurrection day, we give you glory, we give you honor, and we know that as we face whatever we face in this world, you always, always have victory in a believer's life if we're willing to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask you a question. You know, when we look at the enemy confuses us today, you know what? confuses me is I cannot keep up with with technology. You know, I, I cannot, you know, you can be somewhere and be at a store and say, hey, uh, <clears throat> just just punch your email in on that. I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm at the, you know. And, and they say this is the first generation where technology has jumped over. In other words, if I'm with, especially with the my daughters, because they both live here, <clears throat> and we're somewhere, and we go to lunch or something, and I'll say, I, I just, I, can, can you help, can you show me how to do this on my phone? And they, they, they just give me your phone, Dad. And they just take the phone and do it, you know? We live, we live in a generation that has actually jumped over. And even this far, when it comes to technology and, and how it's confusing today, do you know if, if I lost my phone, I don't know if you're like this or not, but if I lost my phone, I, I, compared to years ago, I, I, don't, I don't, would not know how to get a hold of anybody. I don't know any phone numbers. And remember years ago, I'm dating myself now, but years ago, you had about 10 phone numbers that you, you, had, you just had memorized. Anyways, as we look at God's word today and, and we look at our enemy, what confuses the enemy? Because if our enemy is confused, the Bible says the devil will flee from us. We forget that sometimes. Well, what do we look at today as far as Exodus chapter 23 and verse 27? What confuses your enemy? The first thing that we look at today, Exodus 23 verse 27. I will send my fear before you. This is God speaking. I will cause confusion among all the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. What is God saying here? Do you remember the story of of Rahab when the two spies, the young spies, went into the uh, the land of of the promised land and and of Jericho? And they're talking to Rahab as they're spying the land out. Rahab, the, the harlot that's in there, and she hides them from all the people in Jericho and all the warriors. 
And she said this, our city, when they heard, when they heard what your God, the true and living God, did at the Red Sea to all the chariots of Pharaoh and everyone was destroyed and how that you all got through on dry ground, our hearts melted with fear. All of Jericho was afraid. Whether they showed it or not, were fearful because of what they heard. <clears throat> God goes before us, and what he's saying here is that I will send my fear before you. We forget as believers that you and I can actually not be intimidated, but actually through the power of Jesus Christ can intimidate the devil and what his people try to do. Who intimidates you? Who intimidates me? You know what it is? It's people. It might be your boss. It might be in relationships. But we get intimidated. But if we know that God is always going to go before us, God will always go before us, and he will face our enemies before we even get there. That's the hope. That's what that verse says. That's the hope that you and I have. So we know that God is already on his way to confuse the enemy in your life on the flip side that you think that you're being confused. But I want you to know to have faith enough to know that God is actually going to go before you. <clears throat> you might not even realize it. I'm sure the spies were shocked when they heard what Rahab said. And she said, remember me, in which they did. <clears throat> and she left the scarlet rope in her window. She was the only one in her family saved in Jericho when the walls came tumbling down. I want you to know whether or not you realize it, with the enemies in your life and my life, God is always going to go before us if we're willing to trust him. Well, what else does he tell us? Well, let's look up at another verse. Let's look up at Second Chronicles where great war is getting ready to take place. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verses 22 through 29, or actually through verse 30. Let me read part of this and then we'll stop. There was a war that was going to take place and many nations had come together for many months and they were going to come against God's people. Jerusalem or Israel didn't stand a chance. They know they didn't stand a chance. Thousands upon thousands of warriors were coming upon their land. But yet... <clears throat> God's people were still willing to believe, and they went out to face their enemy. You know what, what our problems are? That we aren't willing to face our enemies. We have to be willing. You know, they said 90% of people being successful is just showing up. Just showing up. The odds were completely against them, but yet what did they do? What do they do? The Bible tells us when it comes to facing our enemies, <clears throat> what is the very first thing they do, do when it comes to going out to war? Verse 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, wait a minute, 
I've said this before. Can you imagine what the thousands and thousands of warriors see God's people, Israel? Before the warriors went out, the band went out. The band is before the warriors. What must the enemy be thinking and looking and seeing this? <clears throat> They're thinking, you've got to be kidding me. They're having everybody sing as they go to war. But yet it says, now when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the people of Ammon, Moab, stood against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end to the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. In other words, the catalyst to your life and my life for God to doing something is when we show up and we're willing to believe that God is going to do something even though the odds are completely against us. You know, when it comes to confusing the enemy and the devil tries to intimidate us right here all the time, if we're just willing to come back every time with the promises of God's word, he will be defeated. No matter, I, I'm here to tell you that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're thinking about, when you begin to praise the Lord, when you begin to say, Lord, I, I don't get this, I don't understand this, but I'm going to face the enemy head on and we're going to see what God's going to do. What happened? What took place? Well, we see the enemy was completely destroyed. And when God's people showed up and they looked over the side of the cliff, they saw thousands of warriors dead. Now, here's the thing. The Bible continues and says they began to collect the spoils of war. What's so interesting about that? Well, let's look. It said, when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one, no one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat had his people came to take away their spoils, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off of them, more than they could carry away, and they were three days gathering the spoils because there was so much. You know why there was so much? Biblical historians tell us that, that they had completely forsaken, in other words, the enemy had completely forsaken their land. They so believed that they were going to destroy the inhabitants of Judah, they brought everything with them. They were going to just take over the land. I think about that. There was three times as much than most warriors would have. If you, when you and I are willing to believe and face our enemies head on, know that God is going to confuse the enemy and God is going to bless you more than you could ever think or imagine the abundance of what he'll do if we're willing just to believe not by what we see, but by who we trust. And on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baccarach, and they blessed the Lord, therefore, and the name of that place was called the valley of Baccarach until this day. You know what it means? It's called the valley. They thought it was going to be the valley of death, death valley, but it became the valley, and the definition of it means the valley of blessing. 
When we feel like all is lost, God will turn it around. He will confuse our enemy and we will leave with blessings and what we thought we were going to lose. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Josephat to the front of them to go back to Jerusalem with joy for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments and harps and trumpets to the house of the Lord. You know what we forget so many times? We forget after the fact to praise the Lord. See, we're going to praise the Lord the whole time we're going through whatever it might be. But when the Lord blesses and when he comes through, we need to praise the Lord even that much more. And that's what God is telling us here. When we face our enemy and when God blesses and he gives us a victory, we continue to thank him. Well, what else does he say here before we look at another verse? And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Know that your battles that you're facing, God is going to fight them. You don't have to. You just have to show up and stand there and see the salvation of the Lord. What I do many times on Sunday is just to remind you who you are in Jesus. That's why we're here. We praise him, we're reminded of who we are, and then we start another week again. And to know that God has already given you victory in the face of your enemy, all we have to do is believe and to trust him. And the Bible tells us in that last verse, then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest all around. Man, isn't it amazing how, how loud it can get when you get in the midst of a bunch of little five-year-olds? I mean, it can get loud, can it? I mean, and, and you know, I'm at the age, I, you know, after about a half an hour, I'm like, I'm done. And, you know, you go somewhere and you just, you get that quietness. And it's like, oh, man, this is like, you know, in your life, it's just changed. You're just older, that's all. There's still a lot of noise going on. And God says, I'm going to quiet your life. I'm going to quiet your life because now the enemy is confused. And when they're confused, they focus on themselves and they won't attack you because they see who you are in Jesus. They see who we are in our faith. Let's close with this last verse. So what do we need to continue to do all the time to keep our enemy confused? Because all of you are going through something. And as we go through whatever it is, the enemy, the devil, also wants to confuse us. And the way he does that is to make us think, well, God, he's not going to, look where you've done this and you've done, he's not going to come through for you. Well, look how long it's been. Or, you know, that, that just, you know, you heard, you're going to have to do this and that and all. And, you know, it's been so and you fill in the blanks and, and you think, we think, that we're not going to make it through a time factor. And God doesn't work that way. God works in our life in a way that we can't even imagine. And if we're willing to just trust him, 
regardless of what we see, regardless of what we're facing, we have an example. We always go back to the Bible for our example. And God's Word tells us in Acts chapter 16 that Paul and Silas had been beaten, merciless, merciful. I mean, just beaten to no end and thrown in jail for doing what? For doing good. It's one thing when you know you're punished for doing bad. But it's hard to take when you know you're trying to do what God wants you to do and you don't know why you're not being, well, blessed. And you don't know why. God's saying, I don't want you to look at it that way. I want you in the midst of the pain and the adversity that you're facing. I give you an example. An example I give you that will always, always, always confuse the devil is when you go through adversity in this life and you're willing to praise the Lord all the way through. The devil hates that. He can't understand that. It confuses him. In Acts chapter 16, verses 25 through 26, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. You know, isn't it amazing that it's when you go through adversity and you still praise the Lord, you know that people in your life that don't know Jesus are watching and listening to, to your life? Because we go through many ways the same things they're going through. We're just handling them different. And as we do that, and Paul and Silas were singing and praising the Lord, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every chains were loosed. What was the catalyst of that? The catalyst of that is that they were praising and thanking the Lord, even in the midst of being beaten. The Bible tells us that they told the jailer, no, 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 don't, hurt, don't harm yourself. We're all here. We're not going anywhere. The Bible also tells us that other people came to know him, to know Jesus, because as the world looks at it, as the devil is, he's totally confused. But we praise the Lord even though we don't understand. And if you're willing to do that today and what you're facing, even though you don't understand, will be a catalyst in your life. And the catalyst in your life will only start, I want you to get this, will only Start when the phone rings. <laughs> all right, we all good? Okay, the phone's off. I'm not going to ignore it. You heard it too. Okay. <clears throat> the catalyst to something happening in your life will only start when you begin to praise the Lord even though you don't get it. You know, I want to close with this because I, I, you turn here. I was a little bit confused yesterday. Uh, good friend, a brother in Christ. Uh, I went, was at a memorial service yesterday. 
for uh, one of our founding members of City Church, uh, Brother John Rasnick. And John was, uh, he was full to me, always seemed like, of the Holy Spirit. And John, if you don't know, was on our on the board even to this day till he passed away. Very well-known Christian attorney here in Akron. On every board that you can imagine think of to further the cause of Christ in our city and to make things. So, you know, I was thinking last night that if you go back 50 years, you take the top 10 people uh, that have changed Akron, the top 10 people in the last 50 years, John would be on that list. There were well over a thousand people at his memorial service yesterday. And as I sat there and I heard the testimonies of those that give of what John did this and he did that, and I knew that was exactly who he was. John did so much for Jesus. Why? Why at the really the prime of his life that the Lord took him home. I don't know. I don't understand that. In all the times that we relied on him for counsel for what we needed to do at City Church about this or about that or whatever, and John would give us such incredible insight. And he would do the same, not with just us, but with so many different ministries all throughout the Akron-Canton area. And what a light that he was and what a source of wisdom. But yet the Lord took him home. You know, that's confusing to me, and I'm being honest with you. And if I focus and dwell on that, it will not be good. But all I can tell you is that God doesn't look at our life in a time frame. He looks at our life in a job well done, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. So with John, I believe that a few others that I know in this life that have gone before us the same way. I was thinking of those few people last night that it's confusing to me. But all I can say is that God doesn't look at time and they had fulfilled their mission. Not a clock time, but on what God had set them out to do since the day that they have accepted Jesus as their Savior. I'm being honest with you and I'm being open with you. I really probably will never understand that till, until, until we get to heaven. And I hold on to the fact of God's promises to know that our life is a vapor. And so within just a matter of a few minutes, I'll have those answers, and so will you. But if you try and figure out right now today what you're going through or what your family's been through or why you're facing this, all it will do is will flip you over to the enemy's side and you'll be confused. 
And that's exactly where the devil wants us. Because we sit there and we don't do anything. And we can get bitter and we can walk away. Instead, today I choose and I want you to choose is same as Paul and Silas. The chains broke off of them when they began to praise the Lord. The chains will break off of your life of whoever it is that's trying to control you or whatever it is that you're going through. The chains will break off. The catalyst will be when you don't understand it, but you will continue to praise Jesus in the midst of what you're going through. God sees that and it pleases his heart. And he blesses you with three to four times as much than what you thought he was going to do. Because of what you couldn't see, you still showed up. And God fought your battle and gave you the victory. And you and I, as the Bible says, we can rest. We can rest for more. So maybe as I close here today that you're at the same place that I was yesterday as I was sitting there still questioning. But it's not my place. And every time I begin to question, I begin to know that God knows what he's doing. He always knows what he's doing. And if we're willing to just trust his word, he will always direct our path, whether it's confusion that we have or whether the devil tries to confuse us, God will always give you clarity in the spirit of wisdom if we're just willing to ask him and to trust him. The Bible says if we've met today is so much more as we see the day approaching. May you be reminded today as I close, Jesus could come back this week and we should live in such a way that everything that we do, we praise the Lord this week, we thank him, and we anticipate what he's going to do to the enemy and how he's going to bless us in the process. May we praise him today And know that God will confuse the enemy in your life. And you can go on in freedom. And you will break free of those chains by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you will praise him. And we will thank him. And we will be in awe what he's doing in our life if we just trust him. Let's pray today. So our heads are bowed today. As we do, if you're watching online, if you're here, we have so many people watch live on different devices. We always like to give the plan of salvation to let you know that the Bible says by prayer, by believing who Jesus was and is today and what he did that he died on the cross for our sins. I spoke with conviction and hope today. As you're watching and listening today, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I I don't understand everything, but I'm going to trust you with my life.
And I'm going to pray that prayer, as in Romans said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, forgive me. Of all of my sins, I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I ask you to come into my heart right now to forgive me for all of my sins. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. Father, we thank you today that those that are watching, if they accept you, and the Lord also has been, leads us in a closing invitation. If someone accept you as their Savior today, we will give you all the praise and glory for what you're doing and what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross. And you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.